Hello and welcome back to the Scenario 7 podcast. Yes, again, there is no Sam Cole because he is still on holiday. And you probably guessed it, he's in France. He didn't get tickets to the race, but he is in France enjoying his time under the sun. But I am here again to host. And of course, I am again with Joe Roberts. Joe, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, Josh. How, how are you doing? I'm not too bad, thank you. I'm hoping this podcast, uh, the thing that happened last time, doesn't happen again. But if it does, it's just a curse. It just just seems to happen with me. So uh, let's pray for uh, it not to happen this week. But let's jump straight back straight into the uh, French Grand Prix review. And obviously, it was at Paul Ricard's. And uh, we're going to start off with the weekend on Saturday at qualifying. So um, going for Q1, a shock exit, his home Grand Prix. Gasly went out in Q1, uh, finishing in 16th. And also Schumacher, he went out at 19th after his track was his track was deleted for track limits because he was originally in the top 10, I believe. And then his time got deleted because he went wide at turn three. And then also the rest of the bottom five were Stroll, Joe and Latifi. Uh, moving into Q2, another not so much of a shock anymore, but still is a shock because of what car he's in. Ricardo was out in Q2. He came 11th. Uh, the others also out in Q2 was another home race uh, of Ocon, who is also French. And then Bottas, Vettel and Albon are the others out in Q2. And then down to the business in Q1, Leclerc managed to get himself on pole thanks to a massive slipstream from his teammate Sainz, who qualified ninth. But as you're probably aware, he was going to start at the back of the grid because he took an engine penalty. And that was also the same for Magnussen, who qualified 10th. Didn't do a lap in Q3, but again, he took an engine penalty, so he was starting at the back of the grid. Um, following the rest of the rest of the order, Verstappen was in P2, Perez was P3, Hamilton P4, and a great lap from Norris to put him in a Mercedes sandwich in P5. Russell P6, Alonso P7, and surprisingly, Sonoda did very well this year round in France, and he qualified P8. So moving on to the race. Um, it had its moments, I'd say, but for the majority of the race, I'd say it was more like a parade, like it usually is around France. But Joe, what were your overall thoughts on the race this year? Uh, I, I thought it was exciting for 18 laps until a certain Ferrari driver put it in, in the wall. Um, apart from that, I still thought it was basically... I put it on, on our, our chat that it's going to be a boring race now, and it, and it was. Um, it's just a track where you can't really overtake, um, which is the most disappointing. I think if they just went a part, yeah, so not having the chicane, just have a, a long straight, I think potentially get more moves and potentially make it a bit more exciting track. But I've got a, uh, a small feeling this this track won't, won't be in the calendar next year, which I think for me, um, I wish... Uh, the French organisers chose a better track because obviously they have Le Mans. Yeah, I don't know if that's the the um, FI graded circuit for F1, but that could have been a better option. Um, but yeah, it's it was a very dull race. But yeah, it's just 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 how it is. Yeah, picking on what you said about um, France potentially not being on the calendar the calendar next year, uh, there have been a lot of talks in the paddock about France and potentially Spa not being on the potential 
lineup or calendar for next year, the one that's been written as we speak, probably. Um, so those two aren't currently on it, but we don't know if that's true or not. But also, we know that Las Vegas is coming in next year, and they're in talks with going to South Africa. I'm not sure if that's for next year or for a later date, but um, if those um, races want to fit in, some races will have to leave because the calendar's already too big as it is. Um, I think it'd be a shame to see Spa go, but like you said, with this with this track ball record, there's probably better French Grand Prix they could choose. Uh, it's just about whether the FIA deemed the track safe or not. Um, but yeah, so that's the thoughts on the race. I'll go into the incidents as they happen by lap. And then, Joe, I'll get your thoughts on each one as we go through. So uh, luckily, starting on lap one, there's always something going on on lap one. And this time it involved Yuki Tsunoda, who after his great qualifying on Saturday, he was spun at turn eight after the Alpine of Ocon got on the curb and seemingly got some understeer and veered into the back of the Alpha Tauri. Ocon then received a five-second penalty for causing a collision a few laps later, so it wasn't gone, un gone unpunished. But Joe, what did you think of that incident? Um, oh, yeah, um, it was just, yeah, it was Ocon Ocon's fault, um, been a bit too deep. And then just obviously, Sonoda just not cut across, but just kind of, didn't know he was there so yeah it was I think I find it a bit weird that you got a five second like time penalty where it doesn't really a five second time penalty could be made up quite easily um yeah and then obviously snow just goes to the back of the field so I thought it was quite weird the five second time penalty but I think that's just how the FIA do their penalty systems yeah I'd probably say I think he got it more because Sonoda went from eighth to straight to the back of the grid. So I think that's why Ocon couldn't go unpunished. But like always, there's always a debate for each incident. So um, we can go on it for ages, but we won't. Move on to the next one. Uh, lap 18, the big incident of the race. Uh, Leclerc crashes out of the race. Uh, he loses the rear mid-corner at turn 11 and drifts into the barrier. And he wasn't able to get his car back out of the barrier. So he was stuck there. A full safety car is called. And, and, of course, everyone jumps into the pits. Uh, when you first saw it, we heard back his radio. We weren't too sure if it was throttle-related or not, but he seems to have come out afterwards and said it was just a mistake from him. So, Joe, what do you think of this incident and what do you think he could have, could have done better to avoid it? Uh, well, just being a bit bit smarter. Um, I, the, the problem I have in the Claire at the moment and basically Ferrari in general, is that they want to give, they feel like they're doing the mistakes they did in 2007 with um, Vettel, where obviously he, Vettel crashed, I think around this point um, in Germany, and then basically gave Lewis Hamilton a, a shot at the title. Obviously it's not in the same situation because obviously Max is so far ahead now, but it's, it's giving Red Bull and max a gap that i think they can sustain for i think the rest of the season if they just win races here and there they they'll, they'll be able to hold the gap um so in terms of that instant with Claire, i think it's going to be looked on and defining point as i said last well i think in in, in silverstone a couple of weeks ago that that uh, race was defining if if um whoever's going to win that would win the championship obviously Leclerc gained points on Max but didn't win it because of a mistake from him 
Um, so it's it's like that. I, I think it's a mistake that shouldn't be made if you want to win a, a, a championship. And it was a very clumsy mistake. But also Ferrari at the moment are making made a mistake um, around France. Maybe not leaving leaving Leclerc out longer, prolonged to have that mistake, but we will never know if, 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 if it would have happened if he was just pit early onto the hards. Yeah, I completely agree with the fact that I think Leclerc is having too many mistakes to be considered fighting for the championship. He's still there, but he's, he's just too far off it because of all these incidents that he has. So if he wants to really fight and compete for world championships in the future. He just needs to sort these out and just have less incidents like Max does. Um, but yeah, there's nothing much more you can say on that incident. Um, so funny, like I said, everyone jumped into the pit after the Leclerc crashed. And a lap later on lap 19, it's another mistake from Ferrari as they give an unsafe release to Carlos Sainz, who has to pretty much go out as fast as he can, just about misses the McLaren um, pit crew and forces Albon, who was driving down the pit lane, to brake sharply. And I think he locked up his tyres as, as he was doing it. So luckily they were coming off. Um, but yeah, an unsafe release from the Ferrari pit crew, who then... About a few laps later, Sainz received a five-second penalty for the incident. I think that one was obvious, but Joe, there's probably not much more to say on that one. I, I think the only thing to say on is it, it's getting... Um, I think this is the bit where when it goes into the pits, it should be considered a, 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 anything um, like unsafe release to be a bit more harsh. I think five seconds is a, quite a lenient penalty when... If he hit Albon, he would have taken out a mechanic. I think that's where safety has to be the main factor. When it's like, the, why would I have refueling? Um, but yeah, there's nothing more to say on that. Okay, cool. And then um, lap 22, so only three laps later, I think the safety car just uh, might have just gone at this point. Um, but Sonoda unfortunately retires from the race with car damage um, after his first lap incident with Ocon. Then moving on to lap 23. Schumacher and Joe collide going into turn 11. So the same place that Leclerc crashed, Schumacher and Joe collide. Uh, Joe drifted slightly wide and clipped Schumacher's rear wing as the Hassan tried to take the long way round. That sent Schumacher spinning and Joe lost a bit of front wing, but he was able to continue, but he went straight into the pits. Joe then received a five-second penalty three laps later for this incident, the third one of this race. Um, Joe, what were your thoughts on this incident? Uh, I think, I don't know, I think for me, looking at it, kind of maybe a race incident, but I understand why um, the FIA gave it just because it's basically taken out another driver. Yeah, I think it was pretty much the same reasoning as uh, lap one with Yuki Snowden and Ocon. It's just the way that it forced Schumacher back quite a while because he had to spin and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I think the five-second penalty was, was deserved, really. Uh, moving on to the next one, lap 39, more contact, but this time between the other Haas of Magnussen and Latifi. Magnussen was able to continue down the road. However, the Williams man was sent wide and lost plenty of time. I believe this was at turn three, or sorry, turn two or three, uh, where Latifi went straight over the curb, which was quite bumpy, and he lost quite a lot of time, uh, but not too sure where it was. Uh, but Joe, what were your thoughts on this incident? 
Is that the Stroll and the Teefy one? Oh, no, it's Magnuson and the Teefy. Oh yeah, Magnuson. Um, I, 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 I think of just a racing incident. I think Magnuson kept his nose in, and Latifi should have gave him space. Yeah, I think that's what it was deemed because there was no, no penalties received. So that's your thoughts on that one. And then two more, lap forty-two, another big incident between uh, two big teams at the front fighting for the podium. It was between Russell and Perez. They collided at turn eight, so going into the chicane. Um, Russell, I, for me, I think it was a bit stupid, but Russell tried to make a move down the inside of turn eight. There wasn't much space, and uh, they made contact uh, got, as Perez was turning into turn eight. Perez then had to cut the chicane as a result, and he emerged ahead of both Russell and Science. He did give the position straight back to Science because he slowed back down. Um, and Russell Mann did stay behind him. Um, but Joe, what were your thoughts on this incident? Um, I, I'm just looking back to last year, um, where you probably know what I'm going to say about Saudi Arabia, uh, Brazil. Um, well, yeah, there's a number of tracks where a certain other Red Bull did similar stuff, and it wasn't deemed uh, an incident. Um, so, yeah, as in it could it could go both ways. For me, I, I think it was the correct decision not uh, not to give Perez a penalty. But if you're looking back on last year, obviously the the rules are completely different now um, because of that. actually being clarified. It it probably should have been a penalty if you're looking back on last year's rules. But yeah, it it was just it just happened. I, it was a bit I don't know. Uh, opportunistic from Russell and tried basically caught Perez out but again didn't didn't really make the corner yeah that's where I I don't think if anyone uh, should have got a penalty here I think it was just a racing uh, racing incident but I think Russell was a bit clumsy he, he tried to go into the corner a bit late and quite there was a gap but it was a small gap and we all know Perez had to follow a racing line to get around the corner so uh, Russell's space was always going to go at some point. So a bit clumsy, but I'm glad there, were, there was no penalties because neither really deserved one. Um, then going on to the final incident, uh, which doesn't really need talking. It's just lap 49, three laps before the end. Joe retires from the race and he calls the virtual safety car, which did create an instant, a great moment uh, towards the end of the race. But um, we'll get on to that later. Yeah, Joe was the, I think, the third or fourth retirement of the race. Uh, yeah, he was the fourth. Him, Latifi, uh, Magnuson. Oh, no, the fifth, actually. It was him, Latifi, Magnuson, Leclerc, and Samoda were all the retirees from this race. But that is the end of all the incidents during this race. We're now going to go through who had the better weekend. Um, so I'm going to run through. Each team will just tell you how many points they got, and then we'll pass over to you, Joe, to then have your general thoughts on each team. Um, okay. so somehow, even though they came first and fourth, Red Bull still came away with the most points, with 37. Then Mercedes had a great weekend, closing the gap to Ferrari, as they came away with 33 points, with their cars finishing second and third. And then Alpine. Alpine had the third best weekend, of, with their team getting 12 points, with Alonso coming sixth and Ocon finishing eighth, followed closely behind by Ferrari, who got 11 points, so only one point behind Alpine, 
with obviously Leclerc DNFing and Sainz coming from the back of the grid to finish fifth. And I'm sure you'll go on to talk about him, but he could and should have finished higher. Uh, and then next, McLaren, they had an all right weekend. They had eight points, four short of Alpine. So Alpine now jump ahead of them in the constructors. Uh, but Norris finished seventh and Ricardo pretty much stayed ninth because that's where he started. And then the only other team to get a point were Aston Martin with both their team or both their drivers scrapping on the last lap to see who would get that last point. I think they collided at the end, but I'm not too sure. I think they collided on the last corner. Um, but Vettel finished 11th and Stroll managed to pip his teammate to finish 10th and get the last point. And obviously Alfa Romeo, Haas, Alfa Tauri and Williams all didn't get a single point. So not the best weekend to, for them. But uh, Joe, what are your thoughts on each team this weekend? Uh, I'm going to do it based off the constructors rather than your mini point system. Uh, so obviously Red Bull are first. I, I thought Red Bull had a very interesting weekend. I thought they were the second slowest car. And if Perez was a bit more aware of um, the virtual safety car, he might have um, been P3 um, on the podium. Um, and obviously Russell came um, past him and, and obviously got a P3. Um, so, yeah, I thought they <clears throat> had a, a good weekend. The fact is they gained points on off uh, Ferrari. Uh, Ferrari, I thought, had a quite horrific weekend just in terms as in like it was going swimmingly until they decided to be stupid in the strategy for, and also Leclerc being a bit stupid and not not stupid just making mistakes um which is a common theme for Ferrari, uh, Ferrari and him at the moment and Again, as I said, person, I think science should have got P3 because he would have pulled away. Yes, he would have had 10 laps to go, but I think with his pace, the drop-off would have been quite minimal. Um, then on Mercedes, and Mercedes at the moment are being, I would say now the dark horse in terms of actually going for the championship and maybe the drivers, if... The Packers is obviously a package at France. Now there's going to be a package at Hungary, uh, quite large. If that if those two work very well, obviously qualifying pace needs to improve, but obviously race pace is improving. Um, I think they're only they're quite a, a stable gap um, to to Ferrari and Red Bull now, so they could could now be challenging for the title if. The Hungary package works and obviously then works for the rest of the season. Then Alpine, I thought they had a good solid weekend just getting um, points on uh, on McLaren. I think that's good uh, for, for an Alpine's perspective. Alonso did well and Ocon did his job on, on Ricardo. And then McLaren just had a really, I think for me, an average weekend. Lando kind of had a very, not very good start, which meant he was behind Alonso, which meant his, his race was basically dictated by Alonso. So the Alpine pit crew or pit guys. And then Alfa Romeo, I didn't really see that much. I don't think they, they didn't get any points, did they? No. Uh, so again, uh, it's just a, a bit of an average and dismal weekend considering um, Joe... Uh, well, obviously retired 
Haas, I think, had a very unlucky. They 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 could have made their yeah made their um, strategy work picking pitting early if it wasn't for uh, the customer team on crashing out. Then Alpha Tari could have had a good weekend if Sonoda didn't collide with Ocon. And then Aston Martin, I think they came 10th and 11th. So I think it's an, a, a good step. Obviously, in the step they, they not, not the step they want to take, but a good step in order to progress up the field. And Williams, their package looks like it's working. Considering Latifi's actually close to 19th makes the package seem good. So, yeah, it's a progression for Williams. Hopefully they get more points in the future, but it's a good progression um, for Albon and, and obviously Latifi. If, yeah, obviously if he didn't have that collision with Magnussen, could have got a decent result. Yeah, just to add uh, your point at the start between Russell and Perez for the, uh, the safe, virtual safety car, I think... Red Bull did go on to complain, saying that the virtual safety car wasn't, it didn't go back to the green flag quick enough. They said it took too long. I think it, it should take 30 seconds, something like that. And they said it took over 50. Um, not too sure on the final details, but I don't think anything will happen or anything has happened because of it. So I think they just got to accept the fact that Russell just caught Perez napping, basically, and overtook him uh, towards the end, end of the lap. Uh, so that moving on from the actual race itself, just going to mention the predictions that me and Joe made in the preview and say how many we got right. Uh, so, Joe, you managed to pick up two points because you managed to predict that Sonoda on lap one would cause the first incident. So you've got a point for the lap and a point for the driver. I, again, have had another good weekend with four points. I also predicted Sonoda to on lap one to have an incident so there are two points there and I also predicted the top two of Verstappen and Hamilton to finish first and second so uh, being laughed at in the group chat for putting Hamilton second has actually worked out because he finished second in the race so it's another four points for me uh, but moving on towards the end of the podcast we'll now talk about our driver of the day so Joe who was your driver of the day? Um, for, well for me it's like any of the Mercedes um, drivers obviously you could probably pick Stroll because uh, Aston Martin got points by pick for me one of the um, Mercedes guys and, and obviously Lewis Hamilton getting second solid job it's actually showing progression for Mercedes uh, obviously they're not quicker than the Ferrari and Red Bull but they're sustaining they're putting a, a gap that's not too big is actually starting to close in in the race pace just needs to get a bit more quicker in qualifying to be up there and, and try and disrupt the Ferrari and Red Bulls, uh, which looks like they potentially could do. And obviously, it's a ma massive package, again, I said, in, for Hungary. So, yeah, and it was just a solid drive and started to close in on, on Max in the, late, in the latter stages of the race and obviously pulled away from Perez. So, yeah, it's a quiet race, but a very solid, solid job from, from Lewis Hamilton. That's a good choice from you there. He was one of my two. But there were quite a few, like you said, to choose from. But I think I've had to go for the, one of the obvious uh, drivers, choose the driver of the day, 
just because he started so far at the back and managed to climb his way through the field. Uh, so obviously I choose Science, even though his team it could have been better, a better result, but his team fumbled the bag again. I still think he was my driver of the day just because he went from the back of the grid, fought his way through the field superbly to finish fifth. It was also, I'd say, the quickest driver all weekend, which was proven in Q2 in qualifying when he set the fastest time by almost over a second to everyone else behind him. Um, he also made his overtakes look effortless. That might be because of his car, but it still shouldn't still need a good driver behind that car to make those overtakes happen. But like I said, he was let down by his team strategy again, meaning he could only finish fifth. So it could have been better, but it was still a great weekend for him. And he managed to pick up some valuable points of 11 points. Um, so that wraps up our podcast for this week. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, please look out for later on in the week. We will be putting out a Hungarian preview because there's only a week's gap between these races this week. And unfortunately, after the Hungarian Grand Prix, it is the summer breaks. So there will be a gap. We should try and bring out some podcasts. We're hoping to bring out some other content for you, but we'll let you know on in later podcasts. But yeah, like I said, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Please subscribe and please like the video. And if you have any comments, please do write them down in the comment section. And I promise you this time we will look at them and hopefully reply to some of them because Joe had brought that up before we started this podcast. Uh, so we will hopefully reply to some of you this time instead of just ignoring you. Um, but yeah, thank you for watching and uh, we'll see you next time.